Yeah, this little sneak for the wire, you just turned down the below the belt, man. I'll let you go. This little snoop, man. Off the block, man. Ow. The below the belt super closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most here for your weekly pleasure, recording on a special Tuesday night uh, due to yours truly needing to be on set tomorrow. So let's go ahead and introduce this amazing panel that we've assembled tonight, guys. Let's go ahead and welcome, first of all, guys, he is a cosplayer extraordinaire. He's a production hand extraordinaire. He does it all, worked on many sets. All over the DMV and beyond, he is hardcore bloodshot Jesse Fresco. Welcome back. I'm, I'm back again. You just can't <laughs> seem to get rid of me. Well, we're glad you're. It's actually, it's been a while, Jesse, since we've had you on. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we are happy to have you back to talk everything in the world of entertainment. And uh, joining us also on the program, the days, if you will, we, we coined, we literally came up with the perfect nickname because everyone has kind of like a nick- nickname on the show. I'm Celebrity Soto. have other nicknames that are not mentionable. Um, you know, we have the Harker Bloodshot. We have the King of the 80s. We have the General. We came up with one for our panelists tonight, our co-host tonight. She's actress Desiree Velez, also known as the freaking Rican represent... <laughs> <laughs> representing PR Desi Velez, good to have you uh, back on BTB. Nice to be here. I think last time I had you on, I wanted to have you kind of represent the Latin X community with John Huertas. <laughs> that was and, uh, a good time. That was a great time. John is a great actor, great talent, and you are back. And of course, I'm glad I thought of you because uh, I wanted to talk about an event that we mentioned on last week's show with Jessica Ray, the entertainer who joined us last week. But uh, you are actually one of the producers of the BNM Web Fest. And uh, that was um, in its fifth year. Um, and that's, of course, um, the founder. The, 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 the woman that runs the show is Elena Moscat. And we have to give Elena her props for an amazing fifth, I guess, fifth anniversary yeah, you know, yeah. Web that took place over the weekend. And Des, um, how would you, 
how would you describe uh, how everything went down over the weekend? Well, the um, it was it it was a great happy birthday to a five year old because being up is just five years old. Uh, we're still growing. Um, it, well, I tell you, it, it was a little difficult this year only because mm-hmm. we've come out of a pandemic. So last year, uh, we really didn't have anything in person. Right. Uh, we did pretty much everything virtually. And every um, film, every film festival did that. Yeah. The well, one, the one good thing was that what we did was we enabled people from several parts of the world to be able to come at their leisure and log on to a link and actually see all the screenings. So a lot of the screenings got seen, whereas if you come in person, you have to be there and you catch whatever screenings you don't. And if you don't, too bad, so sad. So in that way, it was it, it was good. Um, what Elena did, bless her heart, was uh, she allowed everyone that joined last year to come again, and she didn't charge anyone. And guests were, you know, you could log into the website or the Facebook, and you could see all these amazing submissions. I know. Name another festival. Dude, that, let me tell you, that. Canada and Australia are kicking our ass. The content that they put out. Yes. They delivered. They really, really delivered. I mean, their stuff looks A++. I mean, you look at this stuff and you think a big studio has it. And I mean, everything from the writing, you know, the, the acting, yeah. cinematography, sound, you know, way down the line. I mean, we did have some, too. But overall, we got to step up our game. Well, <laughs> one, really of my, one of my favorites was Short Term Sentence. I believe that was a Canadian comedy web series, which focused on. Hilarious. Um, you know, a, adult little person. Um, that gets often confused as a child. So there's kind of like the little people that are kind of like the Peter Dinklage's where they still look, you know, mature, but they're little. This individual was a little person, but also looked very youthful. So he would often get confused for, for as, as a young boy, but he was an adult, you know, and it was kind of the comedic antics between him and his uh, childhood best friend who uh, had some kind of fame. Uh, and kind of tried to get him laid and, and meet women. And uh, well, his, really... fr- his friend is like <laughs> this world-renowned DJ. Right. <laughs> and starts getting right. into drugs and all this rock and roll and like yeah. really weird kinky sex crap. Right. And right. then I think it's super <laughs> high and he gets busted naked and they put him under house arrest. Only instead right. of giving his address, he gives his buddies and he just shows up there with his parole person. And the guy is like, uh, and lets him in, and there's all the antics after that. Oh, it's right. just hilarious! It is it's just hilarious. hilarious. That's one of my highlighted uh, uh, web series. How about you, Des? Which one resonated with you? Um, there were there was at least one in each category. There was one that was produced by Korea called the 300 Year Old Students, and it's somehow three mm. students from Confucius. Um, I don't know if you want to call it monastery college or whatever get transported into the future and they're found by a girl and uh they're they come a little bit with you know you know girls were subservient back then 300 years and she's like oh no i'm not taking this shit (laughs) so she starts to rewrite Ah. the rules and and they learn from her they experience pizza for the first time you know what a cell phone is you know and it's just really funny to see their perspective 
Then another That's one. That's a great um, premise. I like that premise. Oh, it's great. It's an, a great ensemble cast. The writing is good and everything. And it's beautiful. It's very scenic to look at. And mm-hmm. Al, I, I don't know about you, but the one that was really like was the series that they did um, based on some actual events that we all remember that really big shootout in a nightclub in Europe. Yes. It was a gay course, nightclub. There's also one in Orlando right here in the U.S. Yeah. And so they kind of reenacted that shootout. And it it's just so uh, my, it makes you emotional. It makes you stressed out. Uh, the, the fear, what's happening to them at the point of the shootout. But then even worse afterwards, it's like they're being victimized all over again, just trying to find out. Who has survived? What hospital did you take him to? Can you give me any information? You know, and right. the people are treated kind of rudely uh, about them. But it's a it, the acting is phenomenal. Just acting, phenomenal. yeah, first rate. And what country that did that particular series originate from? I want to say France. But okay, it, I think it was France, but it could also be French Canadian as well. Because there's do you a, remember a, the name of it? Because I get it confused with another one. Is yeah, prisoners? I, I believe it was prisoners. Prisoners. Yeah, prisoner. Actually, prisoner. 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 Singular. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean the the screenings were um great, obviously, but we had a lot of great panels, Desi. I mean, yeah, uh, we had um well just yesterday there was a an LGBT panel. Um, there was yep. a Black Voices a panel for act for uh, actors uh, um in the African American community. There was another actors panel, which had a lot of veteran actors from voiceover work um, to film, including our, our our buddy Johnny Alonzo and Tim Abel. Well, the the um the LGT the LGTQ panel meeting was actually yesterday. Mm-hmm. They they did have uh well there there were several panels. Yeah, the thing that, a that, that were great, and you can still catch them. You, they're recorded. You can still see them. But the thing that really stuck out, I don't know about you, Al, but were you there when they did the pitch fest? I caught a little bit of the pitch fest. I was a little late. I had to watch. That the, was amazing. I have to confess, I had to watch the Baltimore Ravens in a nail bite. Well, that's true. And we won. So, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the pitch fest before. was amazing because we had three execs, and it was a contest, but each person, and I hate it being the timer because I don't want to say someone in the middle of their pitch, you're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they got to pitch their project. And these people actually gave them feedback and were coaching them on how to deliver a good pitch so that next time when they go to pitch this, they can land it right and hopefully, wow. you know get funding for it that's great but, in fact jesse don't you do something very similar uh with 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 the pitching pitching the idea of uh random directors and actors and genres kind of coming together so you yeah the the pod the other podcast to do the film rescue show where we take films that were bad or disappointing and we pitch the supposed hypothetical best version of them uh, so we actually our most recent one we just did black widow because we were all disappointed with that movie <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's way too goddamn yeah. long. It's too okay. long. It's disconnected between the action and the and the character scenes. Yeah. So we said, let's just scale it down to a s- actual spy movie. Get rid of the third act with the flying fortress because you don't need it. 
you know, it just <laughs> see just now you said flying fortress and I'm interested. It, 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 it does cool, not though. fit. It does not fit with the tone of the movie. <laughs> It, it does not fit little, at all. It was a little over the top, considering they're technically not superheroes. Yeah, like with, with, like, with superhuman abilities, they they're the, they're heroes. The point, the point where I kind of zoned out was when uh, Scarlett Johansson, um, she falls off a rooftop, slams into an air duct, falls even further, lands on a water pipe, and then lands on the ground in an alleyway on her feet and gets up like nothing happened. Like <laughs> she falls from like sixty feet in the air and just yeah. Gets up. Like As for nothing. someone that that is a mortal and is not, you know, a superhuman by any means. If yes. she can fall from that height, why did she die in Endgame? That's a good <laughs> That is a spoiler alert, but that movie's been out for a while. It's been out so. for two years. <laughs> <laughs> Different writer. Different writer now. <laughs> yeah. Who didn't see that movie? It's a shorter list. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But yeah, that was a good aspect of the film fest, Desi. And um Interesting well, enough. What I liked is the fact they got feedback because honestly, when mm-hmm. we who are in this industry go and pitch, we don't have that luxury. We don't get constructive criticism after what we still have is a person that either walks away or says, I call you and never does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or, no, you're right. Or they're interested, but it's it's hit or miss. And but they actually actors, got some similar, amazing feedback. Similar to auditioning when you when you audition for that big uh you know, series or, or film project and, you know, you only hear if you book it, you don't get any notes on what you can do to improve. So very similar in that respect as well. Um, I'll but, tell you the winner, the one guy who won and he had everyone intrigued. So I don't doubt he's going to hear from somebody. OK, he has his hands on a true story about a gentleman who really nice guy, you know, Uh, did everything right in life, went into the military, came out of the military, fell in love, got married. Um, One day he comes home and his wife is dead or almost dead. And he calls the cops. When the cops arrive, they arrest him. And then they pin this murder on him. And he's been fighting to get out. And in jail, he becomes a pastor. And he starts, you know, preaching and and then you know they come for him to confession and one of the guys that confesses to him turns out to be the murderer oh wow of his wife and there's a lot more coming and, and i don't want to say this was all in a pitch right so there's wow. a lot more to it but supposedly this guy is still in jail and and he's like 90 or something and Jesus and this Christ. particular one who wants to d- produce his uh, story has been trying to contact organizations to help get him out and all that. But he, I mean, there was so much into this. And this guy already has a studio in Alabama. He's got crew set. You know, all he needs is some extra money. And, you know, um, he won. He won the pitch fest. Wow. That is a really, really interesting concept. Clearly, the the character, the the protagonist, didn't get a good enough lawyer. Um, but he wouldn't be in the situation he was in. But... Uh, um, now, I, wa- I did want to mention that our special guest tonight was one of the panelists for the Black Voices um, panel, and that's actor Trey Cheney. He's also a good friend of ours here on Below the Belt Show and click on this show, our sister show. Trey Cheney um, is from the Washington, D.C. area. He was um, on The Wire for five seasons, the character of Poot. Um, and, Poot. Uh, yes. <laughs> and on Bounce TV, he's... Uh, he plays Kendrick Murphy on Saints and Sinners. He's got this hysterical 
Thanksgiving-themed raunchy comedy called Thanksgiving Roast. we got to talk about that one. I just watched that one today. And speaking of We Own the City, he just landed the role of Gordon Hawk. Um, he's going to play one of Harford County's um, <clears throat> detectives uh, in the task force. And uh, Trey Cheney will be joining us a little later in the program. I think actually a little sooner than later. So we're excited to bring Trey on to talk about all those cool projects. We're really happy uh, that Trey is going to be a part of this, what a lot of people are are saying will be one of the limited series darlings at the upcoming uh, award shows um, circuits. Um, you know, that limited series category gets a lot of good entries and we own the city has all, all the makings to, to <clears throat> excel um, in its category. <clears throat> Um, so we're going to be welcoming Trey, but before we welcome Trey, um, a little spotlight on Desi because you actually are in a film. Yes, yes I know oh. you want to plug it. Yes, I'm uh, so glad you said that. So called Harvey, that's going to have its Baltimore uh, yes, screening. Yes, and in next fact, week. oh here you go. Uh oh. So, here you go. There's Can we see? Poster. This is uh, I got this autographed. Um, oh my goodness, it's hard to see, but. Yes. Harvey, <laughs> look, it's disappearing in my virtual world. But anyway, uh, it's coming up any day now. It's going to be at the Historic Senator Theater in Baltimore. It's November 18th. The movie is from 6 to 8. But there's going to be some really good press coverage there. Um, so we're going to get there a little early, do, you know, the pictures, interviews and stuff. But we're going to do a Q&A afterwards. Most of the cast, Erin O'Brien's fine in from wherever she's at. She's either in LA or Atlanta. Right. Johnny Alonso. Awesome. Here, let me get to the point. We had, <laughs> we had a red carpet in LA, which did extremely well. It had Getty images come in and take yes, pictures. That is awesome. Really, we got written up in all kinds of stuff, but we wanted to bring it here to the DMV because we wanted to be able to share it with our friends and families and people that we do industry stuff with here. There's a lot and of DMV wanted, in this we film, and it wasn't show even them shot that, in Well, we shot it in Florida. Right. During the pandemic, we were only one of five and eventually only seven that were cleared total during that point in the pandemic to shoot at all. And it was nerve-wracking because we went out there to shoot before there were even vaccines. Right. And honestly, later on, I found out, not on our film set, but one of the nurses that was working with us actually died of COVID later. Oh, Jesus Christ. Bless her heart. So, um, you know, their job was we were getting tested every three days and things right. like that. Uh, we quarantined in Airbnbs together. So we got it done. But we wanted we wanted to show people here to support each other. We should support each other. We don't have any room to be haters. If Absolutely. you even get a freaking film done. I don't care if it's bad or good, even if you get it done. That's amazing. If you get funding and you don't put it out yourself, that's that's even better. But to get distribution, you have to give people credit. So we want to share that and also remind other filmmakers that we have so much talent here in the DMV. We have great filmmakers. We have great actors. That's the thing. Even though it's people. Even though it shot in Florida, it, it seemed like a majority of the cast and crew were from the DMV. Well, Johnny Alonzo was 
the was one of the producers and he co-directed mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. he had drew in from his people here even bands you know mm-hmm. we have um Raven two bands Tree. from this mm-hmm. area right you know them raven tree yeah raven tree and then the other one um i'm not gonna i'm not sure colonial <laughs> beach area um well, oh, I gosh, know about Raven Tree. Raven Tree was actually on our program a few weeks back. So I do. I think it's psychic. Oh, gosh, I, I can't believe I'm. Well, I'll come back to it because they're in, they're in my brain. Um, but the, they're local and they're going to be at the movies, too. Um, well, there's so an online. Everybody. Uh, Shannon yeah. Lanier is mm-hmm. from this area and he's our DP. And man, when you see some of the shots he got. Wow. They're he's good. incredible. They're really- he's one of the. DV's best um, cinematographers, DPs, director of photographies. He's a phenomenal editor. So you guys are, are yeah, you guys got a quality production. Now, of course, um, there is an official Facebook page, um, Harvey Feature Film on Facebook. Yes. And you could find out information about the uh, upcoming uh, Baltimore screening. There's tickets uh, for uh, through Eventbrite. You can purchase yes. tickets. Yes, and you can only get them there. Uh, they will not be sold at the door. Okay. Good to know. And it's only $10. So uh, a little bit about the film, if you could, Desi. Um, I know we, we've talked about it on the show, but it is a psychological thriller. Um, and uh, the trail looks phenomenal. And if you could tell us a little, little bit about your character. Well, it's, it's this really, like, small town. And although there's a lot to be said for small towns, sometimes small towns can be too small. And the day-to-day life in there for some people can be torture. And it is torture for this one young guy named Harvey. Harvey has a hard childhood. His mom is drunk most of the time. And he's just hating life. He's, he's just bitter and bent. But he's not a, a bad person. Um, but there's a lot of characters there that are like Aaron O'Brien plays a really good trailer park type a woman, you know, a little scaggy. And <laughs> then it. we have it. a guy uh, named uh, Kevin who uh, <laughs> Kevin plays that sleep, that guy. You know, there's always that guy that you rub elbows with and then you want to go take a shower right afterwards. <laughs> he's, you know, Kevin, when he's he's like, he's that that character. Irv Becker is one of the producers on it. He plays a part in there as well. Eliza Kelly actually plays Darius Autry's, he's the lead, Harvey. She plays his mom. Uh, we have Michelle Lewis, who's also from here. She plays a coroner. You have me playing Mary, which is uh, Allison's, another lead. I play her mom. Uh, so there's a, lot, mom. there's a oh. lot of actors, but there's a lot of Floridian actors in there too. Okay. Um, so it, wow. um, what I'm finding is horror is so... Everybody wants to slap a horror label on something. Right. But I don't like want to mislead you. It's not like right? Saw. It's right. not anything like that. Right. But, you know, there's a murder and there's, and I can't say too much, but. But you like the term psychological thriller. Would that be yeah. a little more accurate? Okay. Yeah. I think that's what they're, the, everyone was, was addressing this film. And I love that term. Psychological thriller. It's a perfect genre. Thriller. Without all the gore and guts and, and, and extreme violence that. A slasher film might have. Well, and you have I can't to say there's type. not blood, and I can't say okay, there's there not blood. violence. <laughs> okay. There's definitely blood and violence, but yes, I, I think it's yeah. kind of good to 
differentiate. But it's, but it's not for, for, you know, it's not, it's not a slasher film. Mm-hmm. But we've gotten a lot of good press. A lot of good press. That is awesome, Des. So, yes, November 18th, that's a Thursday. Um, so you, for your DMV um, listeners um, in the area, check it out. Um, you can check out all the information for. And you can find it on, you know, go on IMBD and. IMDb. Because I feel bad mm-hmm. because I always get <laughs> flustered and I leave out names. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I hate that because I hate when people leave me out. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I you text them. Oh, so, so you could tag Johnny, but you can tag me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Daz, we're giving you all the props, all the props in the world. Make sure you check out uh, Trey. Uh, our special guest will be joining in a few. Jesse Fresco, anything new to promote or plug? I know you've uh, done some work on HBO's We Own This City. Yeah. 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 Uh, I did a few days on that. It's probably the easiest show I've ever worked on. <laughs> it's very, very short days. Uh, it's easy work. Um, it's been kind of dull <laughs> a lot of people are bring are bringing paperback books to work because <laughs> there's not much to do okay oh, wow it's, it's a pretty pretty straightforward basic show yeah not very long days yeah. not very long days i've noticed that i've yeah. been on set once and i'm on set tomorrow so we'll see how yeah. that day goes but yeah. i do know that they're wrapping up and i can't wait to see this this series and we're so happy to have trey on and we're so happy that trey yeah. Uh, is book. David Simon back in Baltimore again? He, he's been gone from Baltimore for a long time now. He has. He has. And George Pelicanos as well. He yeah. He was in the area for DC Noir, and uh, now mm-hmm. he's back for this one. So, uh, But yeah, Trey plays Gordon Hawk, and we'll be talking to him very, very shortly. Oh, um, I just remembered. I have to yeah. stop you because I'll forget again. Vivid Vertigo. So it's Raven Tree and Vivid Vertigo, the two local bands. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, so the soundtrack is very 80s. Yeah. Um, but it's contemporary times, but of course, we like to throw oh, back. Oh, I got to throw another plug in for another local, which Go is ahead, Darren, Darren Griffith, who sure. is the creator of the Lead Don't Follow Foundation. And what he's done is he's uh, brought in together very well-known rock and roll bands and his aspirations, and he's already begun, is to set concerts up up across the United States. And as they travel and do these concerts, he has t-shirts with these guys picture on and they sell the t-shirts and this money all goes to help families that have been stricken by, you know, this addiction, right? Addiction to opioids, which I call the second pandemic because it, it really is. Everybody knows somebody who has died from opioids. But he provides, he gives it to different places for counseling, for therapies, to wean people, uh, for, I guess, psychiatric counseling, um, places to stay, everything. Everything is to try and help these families. So that must have affected um, Darren on a personal level. He probably experienced it with a loved one. Um, Yeah, he knows. Well, with, you know, with rock and rollers, you know. They tend to dabble in things other than music. So I guess, yeah, everybody knows someone. Well, look, I mean, uh, we've had several people pass away. Um, it doesn't take much. And a lot, and sometimes these 
drug addictions masquerade as something else and someone will die and, and they'll say, oh, it was suicide. But when, in fact, when you dig deeper, you find out, yeah, they were depressed, but it wasn't suicide. They OD'd. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to lift up the spirits here. On oh, but look, I'm going to show you one of your shirts. <laughs> Uh, and I know it's a great cause, but yes, um, there it is. Ooh. Oh, ooh, shake it. Shake it, Reekin. <laughs> lucky number seven. Yes, lucky number Come seven. Come rub those for good luck. There you go. Oh, wow, shaking those sizable, sizable breasts, I have to admit. <laughs> Breasts-sisses. Yes, sorry. Well, Looks like Trey, I thought he was going to join us a little sooner today, but let's go ahead and just dabble in. Let's talk a few things on entertainment going on. And of course, starting with one of the big movies that just dropped this past weekend. And you know which movie I'm talking about, of course. So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Yeah, Hollywood. Let's talk about the Eternals, guys. Wow. So, okay, so last week we talked about the Eternals being the lowest rated MCU film by critics mm. in the 50% range. But it looks like we actually have to put Hollywood News oh. on hold. Let's go welcome him, guys. Oh, look who popped in. The Smurf. <laughs> Let's welcome to Below the Belt show, guys. He's an actor known as Poot from HBO's The Wire on Bounce TV, Saints and Sinners as Kendrick Murphy, recently cast in We Own This City as Gordon Hawk, and I just laughed my ass off to Thanksgiving Roast yeah. on Tubi TV as president, and yes, Desi, you were calling this man the Smurf for a reason, I guess. <laughs> we got to address all that, guys. He's Desi, the one and only. You, why are you messing with me like that, Desi? <laughs> <laughs> it's out of pure love. He is the one and only actor extraordinaire, Trey Chaney. Welcome to Below the Belt Show, my man. What's up, man? I'm, I'm happy to be on, man. I, I thank y'all for having me, you know? Yeah. And Trey, it's great to hang out at the BNM WebFest. We were just talking about that amazing uh, festival a little earlier. You were part of the um, panel. And of course, when I talked to you, we hung out, did some of the after party with John Bernthal. I was like, my man, <laughs> we, <had laughs> we were fun. getting turned up. We had fun. We had, we had fun. a lot of fun. I was like, Trey, you got to join us on Below the Belt. We were doing some relaxation techniques. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm drinking water. I'm drinking water now. Okay, okay, okay. You were drinking water. No, I said I am now. Oh, you are now. (laughs) Paying the price. I get it. Paying the price. My man, my man. Well, so let's. I want to talk about this Thanksgiving film right away, Trey. Because I mean, first of all, you had this film had me cracking up, laughing, dude. (laughs) I mean, a little bit to your expense because you know your character got kind of you know. Savagely hit, um, beat up a bit um, with, with some yeah. downs. Your your character uh, Preston is trying to impress his girlfriend or fiance's family, and the family's a little crazy. Yeah, a little. Actually, a lot, a lot crazy, a lot crazy. Yeah, um, man. Playing um Preston Mitchell. First of all, I got to give it up for the the writer and director Trey Walker. Um, you know this brother 
I've been knowing um, Trey's wife, Bernita, since we were kids. And um, Bernita and Trey, they approached me for this role. They said, you know, we, we feel like it's something that you've never done before. You ne you've never really been in a comedy. You know, most of your roles, you know, them remembering me from The Wire and Saints and Sinners and all my right. other, almost like dramatic roles. Very dramatic roles, yeah. Yeah, they were like, I really feel that Thanksgiving roles could be you know, something to add to your career that people will love. And, um, you know, Super Coop from Abstract Media, who shot and edited the movie, uh, Nikki Frazier and Dean Curry from Collective Media Group. And, it, and we had such a huge ensemble cast. Like, it's so many names. But, you know, me playing this character, Preston Mitchell, like you said, Al, it, it was to... You know, I had to change my voice. I had to gain a little bit of weight. And literally, I wasn't trying to be funny. <laughs> I was actually just like, you know what? It I'm worked. Have, I'm going to have fun with this character. Well, the, your character lost a lot of the swagger. You talk very, art, let's say, articulate. Say yeah. things like, oh, for Pete's sake. You know, yeah. and things like that. Now, I would yeah. never personally hear you say, Trey. So that, you know that's what? what I thought was funny. And, and that's why I loved it so much. Yeah. I, I, I love almost like well not almost i transformed into a whole nother character and, and i felt i was this person for the the you know the, the couple of months that we were shooting it and i was like man i you know seeing the 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 type of press that it's getting seeing the response yeah it's blowing my mind everybody's like trey this is the best this is the best comedy of the year i'm like <laughs> wow, I, I just I was effortlessly doing this, just having fun with my friends, you know, yeah. filming. Well, you were such life. a nice, like, eyeglass-wearing nerdy character. Yeah, yeah, but he was. did very well for a living. I mean, he wasn't a schmuck. He 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 did very well. And yeah. then you come into this just highly dysfunctional family that highly. Yeah. I mean, if I yeah, had I been your character, I would have been. Out of there. <laughs> I, I, I I'm done. I gotta give it up for Morgan Morgan Mackey, who played Madison. Who yeah, played my wife. fiance. My fiance, yes. You know, you got Tone, Kimani, you, you got um uh my brother Marcellus, man, with the voice, you know, Shaka Balamani, um, so many tone, you like I think I named Tone, so many amazing people, man, that were just a part of this whole thing. It's so many people to name. You know, and yeah, man, I, I just I, I loved my whole entire cast. We had so much fun. I can't forget about my brother, my man, Paul, who played Cousin Boo Boo. He was funny. You know, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was so funny. What was up with one character actor that 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 was like, I guess he had some uh, he was, uh, let's just say, mentally challenged. He acted like a dog. Throughout the, and was biting uh, people. And biting people. What was up with that? Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, man, 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 man. The name, the names are just they, they killing me one, right he now. He was one of the uncles. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was one of yeah. the most memorable characters. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta remember his name. I'm so sorry, I can't remember. That's his quite name. all right. Yeah, we gotta. I'm looking it up right now on IMDb. I know it's uh. Yeah. Quite, quite a cast. Quite well, a. Well, it's funny because he's. <laughs> 
He's going around attacking people, and they're just acting like it's an everyday thing. That's, that's what he oh, does. Well, still you bad, know? bad. So the, these in-laws are so bad. They they make your character sleep in the garage. That's how bad with the dysfunctional uncle, the the mentally challenged uncle that acted like a dog. Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's like the ultimate punishment for a house guest. It was know? so it was it was so crazy, man. It was so crazy, you know, just. Peanut, that's his name. Peanut. Peanut. It was so crazy locking in and, 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 and being around him because he's such a great guy in yeah. person, you know. And for I got his to, name, Detroit Watkins, Uncle Rufus. Yeah, Detroit. Yeah, yes. Detroit. Detroit, but we call him Peanut. But nice. he was really um <clears throat> for him to lock into the character. He he was one of the most memorable characters on that movie. He had yes. to be. Yes, he, he was. was. No. Well, at first it takes you off guard. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> what? Is, what the hell? And then you go, he's joking, right? Oh, hell no, he's not joking. There's something wrong yeah. with that guy. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Crazy, man. Crazy. Have yeah. you ever had to deal with actual crazy in-laws, to, which kind of prepared you for the role? Or have all your in-laws have been pretty... Uh, you on the straight what? and narrow. <laughs> my, you know, all of all of my in-laws, uh, everybody has different personalities. You know, when yeah. you first meet them, they're one way. And then once you get to know them, they open up more. And that could come with crazy. That could come with super chilled. That could come with all different types of personalities. So, but I, but, but I've never experienced what Preston Mitchell experienced. Yes. I've never experienced that before where I wanted to tell my wife, hey, I don't want to go around your, your family anymore. <laughs> I, I felt bad for your character, but I also felt really bad for the the sister of your love interest that had the real bad breath, the halitosis. Definitely, yes. Because definitely, every, definitely. she was the butt of every joke was her with the bad breath. Yeah. So I, def- <laughs> I definitely yeah. felt for her character. But I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad you got your revenge, man. That's all I gotta say. I'm glad you got I'm your revenge. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you loved it like you did, though, Al. I mean, because that <laughs> makes me that makes me feel good, man. I mean, because yeah, like I said, I I want to say all of us collectively went into this project Thanksgiving roast. Mm-hmm. Like we we just we just wanted to make something that was funny, you know, everything that we're going through with the pandemic and you right. know, all the stuff that's happening around the world. We just all went in seriously, like not with no crazy high expectations. We just said we're going to make a great movie. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to show up on time. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to know their lines. They're going to know the certain key points. Some of the stuff that was ad lib that y'all don't even know that they really hit, you know. So to just get the response that we're getting from the world, man, it's like, whoa, that is, just, we did something. Yeah, the day I lived, na 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 na. Yeah, that was ad lib. <laughs> so sure. if we will let the audience know that uh, your character was kind of like the butt of jokes from the family about being the little guy, and uh, you know there there jokes about being the Smurf, you know, because you're the you know the smallest among the guys, right? That's yeah, basically yeah. what was happening. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so funny, so funny. It, it was good stuff, man. So. I would say watch it with the family on Thanksgiving, but there's, there's some of it that's not appropriate for kids. So yeah, this is certainly uh, a film is, for adults. Look, it is rated R. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was right. It is raunchy. It is definitely. 
<laughs> guys humor, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of guys humor in there. <laughs> yes, man, I love it, it. But you know what's so funny, man? Like, uh, you know, I'm I'm glad that, you know, people such as yourselves are seeing this at the beginning of what we're doing, you know, yeah. like what, what we did with it. Because the world is catching on day by yeah. day. Everybody's like, wow, this is this is a crazy move. And then for me, like I like I said in the beginning, to to be the lead in this, you know, it, it's like I wanted to do something as an artist, to, something totally different. Yeah. Because like I said, you know, playing Poodle on the Wire, playing Gordon Hawk on We Own This City. We get into Kendrick. that. We get into that, by the way. Yeah, saying playing Kendrick on Saints and Sinners. It's just why, you know, I wanted to be Preston. I wanted to be this character. I wanted to step outside of my comfort zone. I wanted to step outside of my comfort zone as an actor. So taking this role is is Preston Mitchell and Thanksgiving roast was was huge. And man, it's on Tubi right now. Tubi it's TV. Number, it's for, it's it free. It's free. People watch it. It's free. Watch it. It's number one. Yeah. Um, and we're coming to Amazon. Where did you Prime. um? Where did you all shoot it? We shot it in DMV. We shot it in Washington, D.C., Clinton, Maryland. Uh, we shot some of it in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, Bowie. And I'm from Fullsville. So yes. just think, you know, to be able to come home for those couple of months, you know, you know, in between like days that I didn't have to work, I, I, I was able to visit my parents. Yep. You know, my family and, you know, just hang out and. and, and, and well, let, let's segue to that because you are also local here in Baltimore, Maryland for We Own This City. Congratulations, Trey. You're, you're, you're playing Gordon Hawk. Yeah. And your character is a Harford County Narcotics Task Force officer. Yeah. So how, what was it like uh, playing the other side of the, uh, the law this time as opposed to the drug yeah. runner this time? Man, it, oh, man. It's, it, it, first of all, you know, you know, when you say the name David Simon, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You know, George Pelicanos, Nina Noble. Like when you when you say these guys' names, man, and, and of course, you know, Nina, the, the amazing woman, she she's just they 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 made me who I am today. You know, I started with them. The Wire was my first television audition gig that I ever booked 20 years ago. And to come back 20 years later, you know, and now when we own this city. With the same crew, yeah, that did introduce me to the world. It's amazing, and, and Renato Marcus Green. Oh my God, this man is an amazing director. To play Gordon Hawk, it's it's definitely different because I'm playing a cop, you know. Right. So, but the information for me, this this role, like I said, he's he's you know he's the assistant to you know McDougal, and that's I'm um, played by David. David Cornwest was an amazing actor. And then you got Kilpatrick, my brother, Larry Mitchell. Um, yes. Doing all of this police work. I love this role because I'm learning what really happens in that world. You know, of playing a cop or playing a detective. And all the corruption know, that goes with it. Yeah. All, all, all of the corruption, all of the good guys, all of the good mm-hmm. cops. So, so just, you know, playing this role, I'm just learning a lot. I'm, I'm really using this as a learning experience, along with showing up, knowing my lines, knowing, you know, how to wear my badge, you know, something small as that. Like, mm-hmm. how do you wear your badge? How do you wear you? 
where the, what which side do you wear the gun with the holster in it? Like, yes. I'm, I'm learning so much just by you know being hired to to play this character. It's it's it's, it's life changing. It's life changing. I love it. So, being that you're part of the Wire family, was that an I guess an easy way into this role as Gordon, or was it still the big audition process? Um, I was yeah. curious on that one. What, what audition, it was still an audition process, but, you know, I've been talking to David Simon for the last, for the last 15, 20 years, you know, like via email and anytime, you know, if, if we have, if we see each other, you know, it's always love, but, you know, just communicating with him and always, staying consistent in this craft that I'm that I'm in as an actor he's seen that all these years he's like okay Trey's working and then he said you know when we when we finally get something we're gonna call you man and my agent called that's when I knew it was serious she called me back in June like June July and she said hey have you been talking to David Simon and and I'm like yeah I David Simon, yeah, the creator of The Wire. That's my, that's my brother. You know, that's my man right there. She said, they are considering you for a role in this HBO series called We Own the City. The Skype session is tomorrow. So like she called me like on a day like today, around this time, maybe nine o'clock and said, tomorrow you got to be on Skype at wow. 11, 12 noon. My laptop at the time was broke and I could not use my phone. So what I did, I told my wife, I said, I got to get a laptop today. We got to figure this out. I went to right. Walmart. I went to Walmart. Bought a brand new laptop. Bought it. Paid, paid the money. And I was ready the next day. It's almost like that. Stay ready so you don't got to get ready. That was the uh-huh. best purchase you ever made. Trey, yeah. laptop. Oh my God, dude! If you yeah. missed that call, holy f. Yeah, yeah. If I would have, you know, and that's what I said. I said I don't care. And you know, sometimes as actors and actresses, a lot we find ourselves auditioning more than we're actually booking. So money was a little tight. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, well, just the blessing is in the journey and the opportunity of reading for a huge production like we own this city, HBO, David Simon. And it's almost like, I would love to see all my friends. I would love to see George Pelicanos and Nina and some of the other HBO execs, Alexa Fogel, Pat Moran. I want to see him, you know? So that purchase to this day is still, that's a story that I'll always tell because- Great story, man. Just think if I wouldn't have purchased that laptop. Yeah. I might not be sitting here talking to y'all right now, you know, uh, yeah. about this. Yeah. Know? So it was, it, it was a big deal, man. I got on there. I read for like four characters and Gordon Hawk was one of them. And I remember, I want to say maybe two weeks later, they were like, my agent called me and she said, Hey, Gordon Hawk. And I was like, what? Ooh. She said, she said, yeah, um, you, you're, they, they're presenting you with an offer for Gordon Hawk. And I was just like, whoa. You you're know? like, oh. Yeah, it, it, was, it, it was, it was, it was definitely. Tears of joy. 
<laughs> it was definitely a touching moment for me because, yeah. like I said, as an actor, y'all know how this business is. You you know you you you're you're not always you're not all you're not booking a lot, you know. So when you do book, and then you book that, like I book, we own this city. You know, I'm I'm one of the you know seeing my name in Deadline. Deadline, yes. For the first time, I was like, this is this is real. This is the this is the real deal. You oh, know, deadline, being fl- yeah. being flown out for them to put me up. You know, to just just that type of that type of treatment. You know, you you just we we work we work for we work for this. You know, and uh, I mean, yeah. I'm just grateful. I'm grateful and thankful to HBO. Um, like I said, David Simon, Nina Noble, nice. George Pelicanos, Ronaldo, Marcus Green. This this guy's amazing. You know what I'm saying? And wow, yeah, it, it, this is yeah, how, man. How do you think the show's gonna turn out? It drops spring of 2022. <laughs> What can yeah. the what can the, the audience expect out of this show? What the audience can expect is a lot of key. The the writing. The the writing is key. You know, David Simon and them, it's they're not holding anything back. You know, like they like they did with the wire. They didn't hold anything back. Yes. Um a lot of truth, majority of all truth. And sometimes the truth hurts, you know, so so they're going to give you they're going to give you something that, that people are going to be talking about for a number of years that you're going to get action. You're going to see some of your favorite actors and actresses in this piece. You know, um, a lot of people that's on here watching now. And I know they've been following deadline of everybody who's involved. So you, you, you're just going to see people in different roles. Me being one of the one of the actors that you're going to see in a totally another totally different role playing a cop wow well of course john bernthal you got josh charles who's also from baltimore man you got jamie hector my brother yeah 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 um and uh i saw gabrielle carteris former sag president in the cast list too yeah. That's wild. <laughs> Crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, 90210, Beverly Hills 90210. Oh my camera. God. And she's, Gabrielle is such an amazing, such an amazing woman, man. She, she's an amazing artist. Yeah. She's an amazing actress. And, you know, she, she's just a good person. That's cool. Are you allowed is to this, talk about who your well, scene Al, partners are? Okay, go ahead. Al, you've been on this set. Right? I have. I'm actually on set tomorrow. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Is it is it a mini series or full series or film that they're making this? It's a mini series. Yeah, limited so, mini, a limited mini series. So we can't hope for like them to come back another season, huh? <laughs> it's um, a finite story. It's based on a book that has a finite end. And yeah, I know. I'm hoping because I yeah. I really wish we could bring back some TV series that, that stick thing. around. Things that that are based on true stories, they pretty much. Have a but final on their course. But yeah. you know what else? You never know. You never know what they got planned. Yeah. It could be anything, you know? That's amazing. Trey, uh, uh, can we talk a little bit about Saints, Saints and Sinners? Of course, uh, you just wrapped season five, season six, uh, coming out soon. What's the, what's the latest on season six? Um, Right now, I uh, can't really speak about season six too much, but we did okay. wrap. 
But we did wrap season five, so right now, right. you know, our freak is across to see if a season six is coming. But for everybody that's been watching it, go to Hulu. You know, all of the seasons are on Hulu. Uh, Hulu just picked it, picked up all of the seasons at Saints and Center, so that's you know gonna, we have a, a whole. That's new a new audience, base. yeah. Yeah, a whole new fan base, new audience, and I play Kendrick Murphy. You know, the son of Clifton Powell, the, the legendary actor. He plays Rex. Yes. And then the legendary actress Vanessa Bell Calloway, I play, you know, her their son. And just this this guy, he's he's very broken. You know, he's trying to rekindle, trying to have a relationship with the family that he's never had. And I go through so many ups and downs on that show. It's you know, my character, he's he's an emotional, I call him an emotional roller coaster. One minute when you think everything is going good and he's happy it goes downhill and it goes downhill mm-hmm. real fast. You know, from being buried alive by his grandmother, mm-hmm. from being shot, betrayed, from being stabbed, from being locked up, to yes. watching his girlfriend, his fiance, blow up with his child in a car. Like mm-hmm. it's, my character is, is just, people People recognize me every day from Saints and Sinners. Yes. That's how crazy it is. We need to be watching that show. Of course, on Hulu, that's amazing that it's on that platform as well. Um, and one final question before you go, Trey. Yeah. Obviously, We Own the City was an amazing, amazing gig to book. What's on your checklist still? What's on your bucket list for acting? Marvel, Star Wars? What, what are man, you, what are you, what, what's left? <laughs> you know what's so crazy, man? Like I talked to you the other day, Al. Yeah. I, de- I definitely want Marvel. I, yes. I, want, I want a Marvel film. Who doesn't? I would love yes. to be some kind of weird superhero on <laughs> that. I'm going to speak I'm going to speak that into existence whatever I need to do. Yes. Like I I know I'm I definitely got to get in the gym cuz I did gain some weight for for all these other roles that I'm playing. But I'm ready for Marvel. I'm ready to start directing and producing and writing my own content. Yes. You know, um and just we're all available. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. really? And y'all are one phone call away. So it, it ain't no, no audition process, no nothing. One phone call, that. one text, <laughs> one, yeah, one Skype text, away. All of that. You know, so, awesome. so yeah, I, I just, but you know what? I'm going to just let God just lead me, man. I'm, I'm going to let the universe take me where it's going to go. I'm going to just continue doing what I'm doing, staying consistent and, um, you know, we're going to go to that next level, man. I love it. Next level. My man, Trey, thank you so much. It's a great interview here on BTB, Below the Belt Show. And before let you go, if you could, let us know who you are Yeah. throughout uh, everything, man. We own the city, fucking Thanksgiving roast. You're on Below the Belt Show. Throw out a catchphrase, whatever the fuck you want at the end. What do you mean? Okay. What's up, y'all? It's Trey Chaney. Y'all know me as Pooh from the HBO series The Wire. You know me as Kendrick. On Bounce TV's hit show, Saints and Sinners. Of course, you know me as Preston Mitchell in the hit comedy Thanksgiving Roast. And now you're getting ready to see me as Gordon Hawk, a police officer on HBO's We Own This City. But right now, I ain't just hitting you below the belt. I'm on Below the Belt Show. Yes! <laughs> that was dope. That uh, was slick. Right, we're, gonna do a photo, we're gonna do a screenshot photo op on the count right. of one, two, and three. My man, Trey, yeah. thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you. When does when when does this air? Or where, where do I see it? We we usually uh, drop it. It'll be on all the platforms, man. We uh, Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts, Amazon. It's a, it's a video, everywhere. right? Well, we're going to do some video clips. That goes up a little later, but the podcast will be up uh, within a few days. Okay, great, because I, I want to see some video clips of this, too, so I can post. Yeah, yeah that would be dope, too. We're going to get that oh, up. Oh, I, I have to say, <laughs> Trey had me laughing when he left, because, you know, at the web fest, he was just saying, listen, I got I to gotta get back to the airport at 4 a.m. I got to be there, right? And I said, oof, that's, that's yeah. rough. And, you know, so we did the web fest back at the hotel room. And then, boo, he comes up on the phone. He was all pissed. Because, yeah. Look, you're asleep. It's four o'clock in the freaking morning. And somebody starts speaking shit was, on you. She thought I was trying to bust the line. I'm like, <laughs> lady, do it looks like I have to, like, get in front of somebody? Like, what are you, what are you smoking? Like, it's 430 in the morning. I'm drinking a bottle of water. And I throw the water in the trash can. She said, you need to get back um, at the end of the line. I'm like, everybody looked at her like, what are you talking about? He was right here the whole time. I'm like, it's too early for that shit. <laughs> That's way early, bro. But I'm glad you made it. And, and, and uh, yeah, you, get, you got it. You got it in, man. You got it in. Trey, thanks so much. You the man, Thank man. We'll, we'll talk soon, my man. Yeah. And hey, I got some other. um folks for you to interview man is this dropping some huge stuff i want you to catch them before they you know they they get large i i, right. I got some folks we so will i'm gonna talk. send some people your way please do trey all right brother man. see y'all man have a good night y'all do the same bye bye guys that was trey cheney man what a great interview here on btv but we just thought just went to touch the tip of the iceberg on her on entertainment so we'll Throw out, throw out a couple things, and then we'll take a uh, classic cut break. Um, yeah, I was talking about the Eternals, man. Um, Jesse, you get a chance to see it? You're the you're, you're constantly uh, I, on the. I have not had time. Uh, okay. I, but my buddy Seth, who's on Film Rescue with us, he said he saw it, and he says it's he loved it. That's because, the thing. Because there's no there's no like villain in the movie or anything like that. It's a very different well, kind of Marvel film, which I actually am. Very happy with. <laughs> They're going all formula, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and apparently, there's only like three action scenes in the whole movie. It's a lot of just character it's stuff. A very see. different film, and I don't know. And that's why, I think why the critical consensus has been so bad. Would like it? Yeah, I figured if anything it would be the other way around. The critics would like it because the they audience... had the same stuff spoon fed to them for about ten yeah. years. They're like, oh, well, it's not like the other ones. Like, we're, we're trying something different, you know? Like. I think that's a good idea. I mean, I'm gonna pro- I'm probably gonna go see it sometime this week. Um, okay. Do you mind if we talk if, a little bit about Seth things? likes it? What was that? Do you mind if we talk a little bit about the film? And yeah, I want to talk some end credits stuff too. I I mean, I'm As, gonna see it eventually. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, first of all, yes, a beautiful film. I mean, Chloe Zhao, she's an Oscar-winning uh, director. I mean, Nomadland, right? So. Yeah. I was always skeptical. Okay, maybe that's where the issue was with the critics, is because it's an Oscar type of director that not necessarily translates into the superhero type of director but in my opinion she did a fair job i mean i think she did a great job actually and uh i'm not sure where the 50 percent you know rotten tomatoes is coming from the critics um 80 something percent it tends to fluctuate for the audience and actually it's been slapped with a b in cinema score by audiences which is the lowest grade of any a film in the mcu Really, this uh, is worse than Thor: The Dark World. Really, yeah, Thor like the seriously, Dark, come on, Thor guys. Thor: The Dark World was bad, and 
Yeah. It was, and that received a B plus. Yeah. So I, I like, it's just, it's people are just like comparing it to things like Endgame or Infinity War. It's like this right. is a different thing. <laughs> this is right. a different thing. Like this is clearly like what they're setting up because I know the Celestials show up in this film. So they're setting yes. up the big thing for the next events, which I'm pretty sure is probably going to be like Galactus or something like that. Yeah, and also so, is it was also the lowest of any of the 26 movies in the uh, MCU. Um, there are worse movies. As, well, as far as the domestic gross, so um, since well, uh, it, it came out, it came out 20. after Dune. It's it's not going to be. A, it's got tough competition. <laughs> right, right. You know, and Dune so. is still, I think, at the top right now. So interestingly enough, I believe the number one movie is now um, Eternals. Yeah. Is it Eternals? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't see how this could be a dud of of a movie with Mm -hmm. the kind of cast that they have. That's another thing, you know, and that's the thing. They have to have these big names like Jon Snow and Rob Stark. But no, Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek, um, Barry Barry Keegan. um, Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously Salma and Angelina being the household names. But then for you Game of Thrones fandom people, it's huge because you got Kit Harington and Richard Madden. Um, and you got you know, just a little thing on the villain. There was a villain in the form of, well, Richard Madden, um, his character, Icarus, um, which became the unlikely villain um, during that film. But, um, yeah, um, it's it, it actually uh it actually yeah with the number one movie uh in uh for the weekend um and uh what was the grocer so it was um so with early productions putting eternals north american opening in the neighborhood of 75 to 80 million okay so that was that was the um um so is um and it ended up being sorry eternals ended up being a 71 million domestic opening Wow. So th- there you go. So still still pretty damn good. Um and of course, um Dune, no surprise, um is now second the second place film. Yeah. Um Dune was which, fantastic. I love Which Dune. I I I've really enjoyed and um glad to see it in the theater before I watch it a second time on on HBO Max. Yeah, I saw it in IMAX. It was fantastic. Yeah, phenomenal yeah. film. Third place No Time to Die. Well, what is the storyline of the Eternals? Since this is not the normal comic book characters, yeah. are these new characters? So yeah, so, so uh, I'll, 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 if you don't mind, I'll, I, I, so with the Eternals, now when you say they're new characters, they're actually some of the oldest characters technically yeah. because they've been around for centuries and centuries. So these are pretty much sentient creations by um by the celestials correct jesse and yeah. they're they're created centuries and centuries ago as being very godlike yeah so because of that they they don't age um they they were seen at the beginning of time during the during the prehistoric era with the early cavemen in the early scene then they were see, seen and give me some other uh, timelines jesse they were in like, uh isn't pompeii supposed to be in the film pompeii well? Yeah, yeah, they were in Pompeii. I mean, yeah. they were they were alive in different, just historical uh, yeah. eras uh, since yeah, the, really the beginning of time. Yeah. Um, they're some of the most powerful, powerful beings. They're um, basically and, gods. Basically, yeah. they're gods. It's it's the stuff that Zack Snyder was trying to get to with his terrible DC movies, but failed because he's not a good filmmaker. 
And so basically, my buddy Seth said that Chloe Zhao did in two and a half hours what Zack Snyder couldn't do across three movies. Yeah. So yeah, apparently, wow. like it's speaks to the quality of her as a filmmaker. Like it's it yeah. shows like it's it's a story about gods living among men. Yeah, and that's okay. the thing. In the comic books, they were portrayed as very godlike, very, yep. um, you know, there's a lot of stone kind of gods, but these were just yeah. created to look like everyday people to kind of blend in with everyday people. Mm. And the purpose is to oversee? Are they supposed to be like guardian-like? Well, so the thing about the Eternals, they are, because um, they've actually brought up a very important point. Why did they not interfere? They're so godlike and so powerful. Why did yeah. they not why didn't interfere? They get, why didn't they get involved? With the Infinity War, with when Thanos snapped 50% of all life on Earth, yep. right? So um, they said that they can only uh, their instructions were only to be involved if involved the deviants, which I guess just see they were kind of like the the villains in the film were, were these deviants, um, which these monster like creatures it reminded me of uh, the a much better CG version of the monsters that uh, Obi Wan Kenobi was riding in Episode Three. Uh, Revenge of the Sith. They kind of resemble those. Oh, the the weird, the weird salamander. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, those they things. remind me of those creatures. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, and um, they explain it. Um, and um, you know, I think they did a gr- very good job of explaining why they couldn't get involved. So yes, for this initial first movie, only deviants they were getting involved, which was the case. So when they're seen in other Marvel movies in the future, I'm sure they will be able to get involved with other aspects of, of, you know, where superheroes are needed, you yeah. know, not all... supposed to set up like the beginning of the next part of the universe. Exactly. Because so Far ter- From Home was basically like a afterthought. <laughs> right. Black Widow is a prequel, not connected to anything. It just sets up Yelena. Right. And then Shang-Chi is kind of its own thing, not really connected to anything. So yeah. this it is, is kind, kind of... of a little weird. I mean, I this watched Black Widow with my bro- so brother, and it was—I felt like it was missing something. Black Widow or Shang Chi? Black Widow. Yeah, well, it's missing uh, just uh, connectivity between action and character. <laughs> like it, it's like we, we pointed this out that um, but James Gunn has been very open about the process that Marvel makes their films, and they essentially reach out to directors. I think it was um. Seth was telling me that uh, the director of a movie called High Life, uh, I think his name is Julia. Who directed High Life? <laughs> yeah. Uh, directed by Claire Denis. Claire Denis. Uh, Claire Denis was contacted to direct a Marvel movie, not saying which one, just a Marvel movie. And they and uh, they were like, well, are you offering this to me because I'm a woman? And they were like, no, no, it's like, you know, we want you. We, we like your style for filmmaking and stuff like that. And she's just like, well, I'm not an action filmmaker. And, and Marvel's just like, it's, it's OK. Don't worry. We'll take care of that part. <laughs> because a lot of these movies, they're so big. A right. lot of the action scenes are already done or previs by the time the director is brought on to do right. the character stuff. Or or in post uh, with all CG, yeah. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's like, so weird. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it is a factory. It is a machine. Yeah. Like these movies are that big. Like you need to have these things already in production before and, the director is even brought on. They plan this stuff out long in advance. Chloe's out must have had someone else doing all those intricate action scenes. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, she's not an she action was, director. 
yeah, she was all about the the the, the very emotional dramatic scenes between a lot of the, the characters. Yeah, but she did she did co-write, so that that was kind of cool. Yeah. Which is probably um, why it's successful as a story because yeah, she was writing into the action scenes as opposed to with Kate Shortland with Black Widow. She I think had almost no involvement in the writing process. There you go. Yeah. So it, it's like a director that's been brought on just to direct the character stuff, and then the action stuff is handled by a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. with um the Harley Quinn movie, Birds of Prey, a lot of those action scenes were actually reshot by Chad Stahelski, who directed the second and third John Wick films. And that had some of the best mm-hmm. fighting choreography of any superhero yeah. film. And it, it's because they got an action director to direct the action. Yeah. Kathy so, Yan so is not an action filmmaker. Right. So right. It's, it's not that it, it's not a misogyny thing. It's not like a it's not a, a, a um you know, some kind of a. Uh, manipulative thing or nefarious it's just this is just the way these movies are made yep. <laughs> it's like they're that big yeah you know? yeah and the, the Eternals actually had some firsts so the first sex scene in a Marvel MCU film did you guys really? notice like seriously yes first sex scene for after 26 movies after they finally 26 have people do it movies they finally had oh my god getting it on and it was between Richard Madden's Icarus and Gemma Chan's Cersei so it's interesting you think it's Rob Stark and Cersei. <laughs> Wasn't Jim but, Chan in another Marvel film? See, that's a thing. Another issue I brought up on another show, Jesse, is when the same actor plays the goddamn plays a goddamn different role in the same universe. It just takes that it takes that away from my um understanding the the universe you know. I mean, where are you talking about superheroes? And that's already so far fetched as it is with superpowers. And then you put same actor in two different characters and yes Gemma chan was in captain oh, marvel that's right oh, and yeah. I, I just i don't like when they do that it's like you know it's like there's so many other actors granted Gemma eh. chan did a fantastic job yeah they do it all the time on star trek it's fine yeah i see what you're saying but for me i like to see different actors play different characters you know look jeffrey oh. combs has played like 20 characters on star trek it's fine <laughs> <laughs> I see, but when you're going about different universes, then you know, obviously. But was he recognizable, or did they put a lot of prosthetics on him? Yeah, they put a lot of prosthetics on. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, and then one could argue, of course, Josh Brolin playing Thanos and Cable, but well, that's, Thanos that's, that's different. That's Thanos different. is completely CG, so that's where that kind of that's the loophole for my for my little rule of thumb there. But uh, not only did it have the first sex scene. Um, it also had the first major gay character in the MCU, which is a Brian Tyree um, Henry's character. Did hmm. you uh, did you know that? Yeah. So of course Valkyrie uh, in Thor, played by Tessa Thompson, was bisexual. Yeah. But this is the first uh, character um, in a mar- major Marvel movie or uh, that that is uh, LGBT. Um, so. Um, that took a long, that's a long time coming. Of course, it, you know, we've seen that in, in some of the TV shows and DC, I think they were the one that, that have done it first with Batwoman and CW Supergirl. And of course, Harley Quinn was like bisexual as well, yeah. but yeah, Marvel kind of didn't, didn't do that until, until, um, Brian Tyree's, uh, Henry's character. Well, uh, it's, it's Disney. It's, it's what it is. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's Disney. So. It's Disney. So that's, that's, that's the answer there. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, and they actually had a gay kiss in um, the Eternals, so that's another thing. Really, they had a gay kiss, yeah, yeah. and that's with um, 
Fastos and Ben. Uh, Fastos is played by uh, Brian Tyree Henry, and he's known as the kind of like the Iron Man, but he does the adventures with his mind, and he can create these crazy adventures with cosmic energy, basically. So he's kind of like the Iron Man with cosmic energy. <laughs> Is his character okay. a Fastos? Yeah. Or, or what do they call it? Telekinetic or? Yeah, a lot of them have tel- telekinetic powers, and of course, uh, Icarus is kind of like Superman because he's got the heat vision. He can fly. He's super strong. You know, um, Cersei's car- uh, Cersei's um, superpower is being able to um, transform any matter to an- any other type of matter so basically a bus was about the land of them so she turned the entire red bus into red rose petals so no one got hurt you mm. know so she she can control matter so i think that's a very very cool power she can't do it with sentient beings she said it's like if you wanted me to make you look like you know whatever i can't make you look like someone you have to be inanimate that type of you know uh, transformation that she can do um mm. but that rule is kind of toyed with when she was able to do something with the deviant uh uh evil deviant in one one scene so i'll save that for when people see it but uh but you know what we got to talk about the end credit scene because they they were just they were just awesome i mean obviously setting up a lot of the future of the eternals characters um and let's talk about mr watermelon sugar himself harry styles appears in one of the post-credit scenes as Thanos' brother, Eros, a.k.a. Star Fox. And sadly, this actually was spoiled when they had the media uh, uh, premiere, the press screening premiere, and people were talking about Harry Styles. Um, So a lot of people did know about it um, before a lot of the major media outlets broke it, but they were tweeting spoilers. And that's, you know, when it's so much in advance of the film, you don't want to do that. Obviously, the movie's already out. That's why. Well, also, this movie was awesome. postponed how many times? Oh my God! It was supposed to come out in 2020, wasn't it? Oh <laughs> yeah. I think it was ready in 2020. Yeah. So yeah, we saw we saw which was really cool. We saw Harry Styles' version of Thanos' brother, Star Fox, and we saw Pip, a little uh, leprechaun type character, uh, who was also in the um, the comic book lore as well. So that was really cool. Who plays um, Pip? You know what? His his vo- the Pip the Troll is voiced by Patton Oswalt. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm not sure who plays the actual Pip on screen. I don't think it is Patton Oswalt, but uh, but it's kind of funny. He kind of just you see Pip first, and then he like gets up. He's all drunk, and he belches, and it's pretty funny. And then all of a sudden, you see Harry Styles come in, and like, oh wow, watermelon sugar high. He, he's in there. Um, <laughs> Um, so uh, that was the first post-credit scene. So we're gonna see, which I'm I'm guessing the Eternal sequel is so far away. I'm I'm thinking that they might make an appearance in uh, Guardians Three because oh, Adam I Warlock. Don't, I don't doubt no? it at all. Because you don't doubt it. Okay. Well, because Adam Warlock is supposed to be coming into Guardians Three. Exactly. And... He's gonna be played by Will Poulter. Yeah. And that's that guy got jacked, dude. Have you seen his? Have you seen photos of him recently, dude? He is huge. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a Damn, great, that's dude. a good thing. And Kumail Nanjami uh, actually got ripped to play. Oh his, yeah, I saw that. His role as well, which he's his character was great because he was like the Bollywood actor that worked for a hundred years because he never aged, <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. Um, but yes, the second post-credit scene, guys, was all about 
Kit Harrington's character of Dane Whitman and Dane at the end of the movie before the post credits revealed to Cersei that he has a secret too, but it wasn't revealed until the end credits what the secret was. And apparently he uh, comes from a lineage that dates back to medieval legend King Arthur and the legacy of the warrior, the Black Knight. And he uh, was seen opening up a case and in it was the black sword, which is called the Ebony Blade. Um, and uh, yeah, the abilities of this sword comes from a cursed sword called the Ebony Blade. Uh, and and you hear a voice. Um, you hear a voice out of nowhere that says, don't touch that. And of course, it wasn't revealed to very recently who that was. But uh, apparently it was confirmed that that post-credit voice of telling him not to touch the sword, or, or like, are you sure you want to touch it? Was none other than Herschel Ali, and he's playing Blade in the MCU. So there you go, guys. Um, All right. Pretty exciting, Jesse. Uh, apologize, but uh, I know that. Uh, it's you fine. Know, uh, I know that uh, some things, you know, if you want to know. Well, yeah, anyways, when the but, hell is Blade even supposed to come out at this point? I think Blade is actually on like the end of the schedule. Jeez. Yeah, it's literally on the end of the schedule because. What annoys me is that it's PG thirteen. Let's like you're a, a PG thirteen vampire movie. Like guys, come on. Wait, hold on. Wasn't the <laughs> previous Blade movie with Wesley Snipes rated R? Yeah. And the, they're they're bowing to Disney then. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's just Disney. It's just Disney. Disney does Disney does not make R rated movies. At if least directly that, under their banner. If they do that to Deadpool, I will be so pissed. <laughs> I'll be so pissed. Be you can so play pissed. with it with Deadpool. You can have, you can put in like bleeps and stuff like that. That'd be funny. But right. for something like Blade, it's like it's blood and gore and violence. Like you yeah. need that. Yeah. It's a vampire yeah. movie. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like so, yeah, but... like you can't get away from that. You know. Yeah. So it's Blade like, is it's a... like with it's like with Venom where it's like all the gore yeah. has been cut out. Like it should be an R-rated movie, guys. You know, yeah, yeah, I agree. Not, not, I agree not, to say that, not to say that more gore would have helped that movie. Right. <laughs> so well, yeah, what do you yeah. expect? Disney has this like set code, like even employees yeah. at their parks have to behave strictly under certain guidelines or yeah. they're yeah. gone. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's why they're so hesitant, because Eternals apparently was banned from uh, Middle Eastern countries. Um, because for or the, the sex scene, for not for the sex scene, but for the um the the gay couple, yeah, of Fastos oh. and his husband, and the kissing scene. Supposedly, um the 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 film actually had to be edited out. Um, those those scenes had to be edited out, and um you know Angelina Jolie, the rest of the cast, of course, they expressed on social media how sad it was for audiences who don't get to see. Um, the film afterwards banned in several countries, including Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Qatar, over the sex, uh, same-sex relationship. Yeah, and, over there, religion takes a, a yes. large part of the government. But so, uh, Marvel refused to cut those scenes out, so it's just not going to show in those countries. So you're not going to get an edited yeah. version. Good so Marvel st- sticking by their stance, which is very, very good. So. So, yeah, we talk about Marvel stuff in production. Yeah, I guess that's why Blade is on the, the back burner. Um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever was in production, but it temporarily shut down because Letitia Wright, plus mm. Shuri, uh, had an onset injury she suffered in August 
And of course, it will pause the starting week uh, production, which is supposed to be Thanksgiving, now to the early 2022. Jeez. Um, yeah. Not a serious but, injury. You're postponing two months. Yeah. That's uh. It might also be that uh. You know, a lot of that stuff came out about Letitia Wright being an anti-vaxxer, and I think Disney's uh, trying to figure out how to get around that. Yeah. <laughs> well. Trying to figure so, out a way out of that. Well, Letitia's accident was two months ago in late August while shooting a sequence involving a stunt rig on location in Boston. Now, initially, her injury was not expected to impact the film's shooting schedule, but Ryan Coogler and the rest of the production have been filming mostly in Atlanta since Wright was injured. Mm. She stayed in London while the shoot continued without her. So, um, so they're shooting really... their cover sets now while I'm waiting for her to get, get well. Exactly. Exactly. So set to be released on November 11th, 2022. And, of course, uh, James Gunn just posted um, a photo that uh, the cast – is ready to start production. Batista, Chris Pratt, everybody else. Uh, Will Poulter, who's playing Adam Warlock. Right. Um, Karen Gillan, uh, his brother Sean Gunn. Um, it was good seeing that that social media post with with the cast. So, love Guardians. James Gunn does a fantastic job. So, um, and going over to DC now. Patty Jenkins, of course, talked about Wonder Woman three said that the third installment will feature the original Wonder Woman, Linda Carter, in a more prominent role. As you know, she had that little cameo at the end of Wonder Woman 1984, and she's going to have a bigger bigger role. And uh, Linda actually lives uh, closer to the D.C. area, from what I'm told. So it's kind of cool that she's... I think she's down in, like, Virginia or something like that. She's in Virginia, yeah. How, how old is she now? In her 60s. It's not too yeah. old. Yeah, and looks and She phenomenal. stays in shape, right? Yeah. She looks amazing. She looks great. I think she she's vegetarian, great. I think. Vegetarian or vegan, one of those. Maybe the vegetarian veganism has something to do with you. Oh, what do you how think? do they do that? I know, right? They do it fold. Yeah. As long as the third movie is just better than the second one. Yeah. Yeah, that was... But news on Patty Jenkins, she actually apparently... Won't be going into production on Star Wars Star Wars Rogue Squadron in 2022 as originally planned. So right. apparently there's a little bit of a delay on that one. Um, is trying to figure out her future schedule because she also has Wonder Woman 3. She also has Paramount's Cleopatra. She's still committed to Rogue Squadron, but um, you know it's just gonna have to, you know, be pushed push just a little bit but I, I i honestly at this point would be happy if star wars just took a break from theaters for a couple of years i think it already is I, because now that this rogue squadron is taking a while and yeah last and all it's really on the horizon yeah. is the obi-wan show and the mandalorian they're just and the focusing on, yes it. focusing the tv on stuff Plus. is all there really is and and, and it's great the stuff is great and I, I just, love it. that's kind of where star wars should be now like i think that the movie thing needs to just stop yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah because R- rise skywalker kind of left a bad taste in everybody's mouth sure did yeah it's just i think it the, the star wars needs to just stop being movies at this point. <laughs> well, the Taika more Wait- interesting stuff is the tv shows because if you're gonna do a movie it's gonna just be tied into the skywalker saga it's gonna be another jedi versus sith storyline it's gonna be all the same crap and i'm just like guys the more interesting stuff is over there on the tv shows exactly just just go yes. go do that <laughs> just, you guys Absolutely. are doing so well with mandalorian stop screwing it up 
Yep. Can't <laughs> wait for Book of Boba Fett. Of course, that comes out. Yeah. December of this year. Is that only six and, episodes, something like that. I heard it was only six episodes. So. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, Taika Waititi, he's going to be tied to a um, um, a Star Wars movie, as is Kevin Feige, supposedly. Mm. But uh, we're desperate but, to rescue Star Wars. Bring in the guy that does really well at Marvel. <laughs> yes. Yes. Why not, man? It's yeah. I tell you what, Disney it umbrella. would be great for an actor to get any size role in one of those movies because they have such longevity Absolutely. and you know such a following that the residuals would be pretty nice the residuals, <laughs> and you can make your money at cons all the, the, the comic cons because if you know if you're not like let's just say if, if you're not working or booking as much you can go to those cons and people still remember you from those movies and you make a ton of money doing photo ops and autographs and stuff like that so yeah it's good to be a part of those those type of um shall we say genre type of films yeah i know it sounds bad but i feel like that's where daisy ridley's headed oh wow okay what has she been in since rise of skywalker well she did that one um chaos walking well chaos walking she did that train movie the um oh murder on the way thank you exactly which nobody saw yeah (laughs) oh my gosh like that's I I feel like they never really gave Ray a chance as a character, so I yeah. think that. But she's a good actress. I think she's a good really... actress. Just yeah. I, but after Star Wars wrapped up, she said she was having trouble finding a job. I find that hard to believe. She's a great well, actress. She's beautiful. I mean. Let's see. What we'll see. Booked in. Let's take a look. Hey, talk yeah. talk about having trouble finding a job. Um, <laughs> what is happening? With this whole Baldwin fiasco, I mean, I really feel bad for him and the, sh- the shooting yeah, on set. We have talked about this on the show, but um, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see if Baldwin will face any criminal charges. Um, you know, we'll I mean, did they stop shooting? I mean, they stopped. Yeah, they right? yes, they, it's they done. Movies production. canceled. Movies canceled. Yeah, they wrapped yeah. they wrapped production as soon as all that shit went down. Oh yep. wow! So they're not even going to try to finish this. Well, it's it wasn't a, just it wasn't just the shooting. It was like massive violations of um, union deals. It was abusive, abusive uh, production staff. Um, mm-hmm. People were three weeks behind on their paychecks. Yeah. Oh, my it, gosh. Yeah, people weren't being paid. I didn't know all that. Uh, oh, the oh, travel yeah. time to the set was about 50 miles. In the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah, yeah, in the middle of nowhere. They weren't booking hotels nearby. So if you had like a 12 to 15 hour day on set, you had to drive back to your hotel, get like four hours sleep, wake up and go back to work. People were sleeping in their cars. People were sleeping in their cars and pushing six day work weeks. And Alec Baldwin was take the movie was only two million dollars. Alec Baldwin was taking seven hundred fifty thousand for his paycheck. Almost half the budget. And a role as a producer, and look as at a pro- so you got multiple checks from different departments. Yeah, I'm wow. really curious to see what happens on that. But um, yeah, again, we that yeah. is a that is a pure sign of an abusive production. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you are ever on a production like that, leave. Yeah, leave. Contact your union. Do not go back to work for them. Yeah. You know, and it makes me so funny when people expect other people to work like that when they themselves wouldn't work like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, let's cut. Let's drop a couple more things, and we'll take a classic cut break. Um, uh, let's see. So Taika Waititi, he's actually diving into a different universe, a new yes. world. 
It's called the insult. It's the a in seminal. Call. The in Thank call. you. It's called the in call. Thank you, Jesse. The seminal 1970. <laughs> the insult. <laughs> I know. Uh, the in, in call, correct? The in call, yes. Yeah, the in call. The seminal 1970s comic book creation from Alejandro Jodorowsky and the late artist Mobius. And mm. um, Watiti is teaming up with what we do in the shadows collaborator Jermaine Clement. Um, so it centers on an intergalactic private eye, John DeFool, who gets John caught up in, who gets caught up in a grand space opera. Ooh, that sounds like mm. Star Wars. After happening on a mystical artifact called the In Call, <laughs> and along with a ragtag crew, the fool must go on a journey to save the universe. Mm. So, it's a uh, the the comic is what spun out of the failure of Jodorowsky's adaptation of Dune. Ah, yeah, okay. that and the Meta Barons and Techno Priest are three storylines that spun out of the failure of that film. And so a lot of the stuff that was going to be in his version of Dune ended up in the In Call and Meta Barons and Techno Priest. Ah. So it's 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 a bit. And also, if you want a good visualization of what it looks like, watch The Fifth Element. Ooh, wow, that's one of my favorites. Fifth Element is just like, that's what the end call looks like. That's it. I, well, I can't wait to see it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How they're going to adapt it, it's like, it's a massive story. It's that's one huge. That's one film that I think I, I would be happy with a sequel. I'll be very happy. That, that's, uh, that's definitely like a five movie thing. <laughs> yeah. It's that big. Like, yeah. it's it's huge. And by, by the end of the story, the main character literally meets God. Like, it's, don't a, think... it's a journey of self-discovery. So I don't think they even cast anyone yet. It's still an early production. No, there's there's no yeah. script. There's nothing. It's, but it's, um, like Taika Waititi still has to finish up production on other stuff before he moves. Right. So. Exactly. But Jodorowsky yeah. has given it his blessing. He has said, "Yeah, yeah, let him do it." Love it. I love Jodorowsky it. I at wait. this point. Jodorowsky at this point is retired from filmmaking. Uh, he but is, once... he's over eighty. He's retired. He's done. Yeah. He's, he just relaxes. He lives he in Paris want... with his with his family. He's fine. Yeah. He doesn't want to pull a Spielberg or. Or uh, Clint Eastwood and keep working. Well, he just physically can't do it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> he's just he's too old. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about what about uh, what about um, Eastwood who continues to direct at his age? Well, Eastwood didn't, you know, dose himself up with tons of drugs in his youth. <laughs> okay, that's the major difference. Jodorowsky <laughs> yeah. is well known as uh, using lots of different. Uh, illicit substances <laughs> when he was there was like a one of his movies when it was put, put into a theater when he was young was it was like had this hallucinogenic exp, um um reaction to it it was so effective that the audience broke it broke out into a full-scale riot oh my gosh like his movies were that effective to the audience wow so, i mean there's questionable stuff in a lot of his movies but overall i think he is a he's, he's a fantastic filmmaker he's one of the best um, the Holy Mountain is one of my favorite movies, but it's it, his stuff definitely is not marketable for a wide audience. So getting somebody like Taika Waititi to adapt it and make it digestible. Wow. Good decision. OK. So. All right. But casting has been done for Wicked, uh, the the um, live action um, interpretation of the hit musical uh, directed by John M. True, who did uh, In the Heights, Step Up and all that great, great musical type of films and of course um the the, the two leads are cynthia riva and ariana grande um mm. which i think are two great casting choices for that of course 
If you haven't seen Wicked, uh, it's based on the Wizard of Oz story telling about the friendship between the Wicked Witch of the West and Glinda the Good Witch. So I think, yeah, that that was a long time coming, the Wicked um, live action movie. And there's actually, (laughs) interestingly enough, a petition to not cast James Corden in any shape, way or form in this upcoming Wicked film. Thank you. I hate that. Because apparently, (laughs) there you go. Exactly, Jesse. Apparently, he's actually supposedly ruined a lot of good musicals like Cats, Ryan Murphy's The Prom, Into the Woods. Cats was doomed from inception. That's true. And Cinderella. I didn't didn't even go see it because of... No, I didn't bother. You know, the vitriol that's been talked about it. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio will be playing um, an upcoming role... uh, to uh to portray the controversial cult leader Jim Jones. Um and this is gonna be written by Scott Rosenberg of Venom and Jumanji. And it's picked up by MGM. And the uh, the group is called the People's Temple. So this is um Jones, this Jim Jones character was responsible for one of the largest mass deaths in the history of the orchestrated group suicide. Mm-hmm. Wow. Jones yeah, I remember I remember, uh, yep, Jonestown, Guyana, very good. Uh, 909 individuals. Um, apparently he had a lot of charisma, and he, he had supposedly faith-healing abilities. And we're actually going to see, uh, yeah, a big, big movie. Um, yeah, based on this Jim Jones character. Um, so that will be crazy to see. And I think uh, if you need a good actor, you can look no further than Leonardo DiCaprio. So that's going to be good. That's going to be really good. They're actually doing a sequel to Midnight Run, uh, really? with Rob, yeah, with Robert De Niro attached to produce. And then this one came out in 1988, the original Midnight Run, as De Niro was a bounty hunter tra- uh, tasked with tracking down a former mob accountant. And uh, apparently, Regina Hall is set to start in this sequel. Um, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm curious to see how that one will turn out. Um, Viola Davis has a warrior epic called The Woman King which will hit theaters in September 2022 as a historical um, Naninska general of an all-female military unit in the kingdom of Dahomey. One of the most powerful. Yeah. The kingdom of Dahomey. One, I know Dahomey. I think uh, Chachi <laughs> made a joke about Dahomey. Is that appropriate? Dahomey. Uh, one of the most powerful states of Africa in the 18th and 19th century. It's based on true events. Yeah. John Boyega is also uh, attached to a star in that one as well. Um, and um, Nicole Hole Center's new comedy, Beth and Dawn, has um, attached Lu- Julia Louis-Dreyfus of Veep and Seinfeld fame. Um, and they're reuniting after their 2013 hit, Enough Said. Um, so look out for that one. Of course, uh, Enough said was a great movie, and our friend Tracy Fairway, Desi, is in that um, film. Enough said. Oh, she is. Well, good for her. She got something. Well, this was the film in 2013. Enough said. Oh. The one, the one that was in with Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah. Um, and looks like Vin Diesel and um is willing to throw out the olive branch to Dwayne the Rock Johnson to return to the Fast and Furious franchise. What happens with that? So apparently they had an epic fallout in 2016. And I just really believe that it was just a lot of uh, egos that were clashing on the set. And um, I believe um, Vin had demands and 
Dwayne had demands, and I think um, allegedly um, uh, Vin would show up on set whenever he wanted because he felt like he was like the king of the franchise. Where Dwayne was like, "No, I've, no." I've heard he does that. Yeah, and Dwayne had a big, you know, big falling out. Anyways, he wants Dwayne to return for the final films. Apparently, they're doing Fast 10 and Fast 11, but I really, man, just end it at Fast 10. Make it an even number. Why the fuck would they, you know, even bother with that, you know? I don't but, know. Uh, yeah. But, um, all right. So, um, I think it's a good time to cl- take a classic cut break. We've been rambling on for so long. We'd like to thank, of course, Trey Cheney for joining us as our special guest. And I uh, got a classic cut for you, but we're actually going to also say goodbye to the freaking Reekin. The That's freaking Regan, the one and only Latin and Satin. Latin and Satin. Time for bedtime. Oh my <laughs> God, Desiree Marie Velez. Uh, thank you for joining us here on BTB, um, and we had a great time at the B and M Web Fest. Of course, check out Harvey. Yes. Yes. Okay, yes. Please Harvey. come see Harvey November eighteenth at the All Senator right. Theater. All right. So as we. Say goodbye to Desi. We're going to uh, take a classic cut break really quick. quick, And let's go ahead. And you know what? Thanksgiving's coming up. And uh, interestingly enough, we had um, Trey Cheney talk about his Thanksgiving roast movie. I thought it would be cool to have a song that showed some thanks or had thank you in the message. And ABC is actually developing a single camera comedy inspired by the life of Alanis Morissette called Relatable. And Alanis actually has a big hit song called Thank You. So I thought that was an appropriate uh, classic cut. It's a great song by Alanis Morissette. And uh, uh, we're going to play it here for BTB. And we'll be back. Wrap up entertainment right after the classic cut. Yeah, thank you, Alanis Morissette. All right, one of the the icons of the '90s. Yeah, um, great, talented, very talented. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Over Disney Plus, Disney Plus will release 13 Marvel films on November 12th with IMAX. I know you love this news, Jesse. IMAX enhanced screening feature that gives users an expanded mm-hmm. aspect ratio of 191 allowing for more action to be seen on screen. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm fine with that. <laughs> which, which ones, though, is the question. All right. The 13 films will be the following. Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. Makes sense. Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, 1 and 2. Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, and the Black Widow. So there you go. Um, uh, Ant-Man and and Captain Marvel seem like odd ones. They weren't like the most exciting movies ever made. And I was thinking they were just 
just just bringing in all the most recent ones, but then they have the original Iron Man films. So yeah, like why uh, why not? Uh, why why is it that like um the first Avengers isn't in IMAX? First Avengers Avengers is not yeah on this list yeah. But I understand not putting Age of Ultron in there. Like who cares about Age of Ultron? That's <laughs> <laughs> one of the worst movies in the entire pantheon. But um wow okay yeah but uh yeah I, it's kind of a shame that something like um. It like Iron Man three didn't get that treatment, but I, I think a lot of people are very split on Iron Man three. I like it, so problems yeah, that was the, the the least lauded of the, the Iron Man movies was the third one for whatever reason. But uh, yeah, in all cases, there's just, um, just people that were like, it's not the Mandarin. It's like, guys, <laughs> come on, whatever, <laughs> whatever. They fixed it. Leave it alone. Uh, you're gonna check out Red Notice on Netflix. I don't even know what it is. This is the big movie with Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's coming out soon, guys. And, of course, they had a big red carpet premiere at the L.A. Live Event Complex. Big uh, world premiere for Red Notice. And a lot of people were saying it was reminiscent of a major Hollywood award show, like the Emmys. Uh, Hmm. Apparently, uh, they're saying it was just, just this big... Big ordeal, ornate red carpet that we haven't seen in a while because of the pandemic. You know? What about the movie itself? Will the movie itself live up to the hype? Uh, that we do not know uh, yet. At least, the, uh, like, when I does it get re- it. When does it get released? All right, the release date is... Do I have it here in my notes? Uh, I must have cut that part out of the notes, but uh, uh, it does come out very, very soon. <laughs> so there's, check it out. There's no but, reviews yet? Um, I haven't seen too many, but uh, I know it's going to have a limited theater release, and then it's going to go on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, typically, if the reviews haven't been released before, you know, a couple weeks before the film comes out, that's not a good sign. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I figured I think there's some reviews out now, um, um, but I have not uh, read any of them yet. Um, but, uh, you know, it looks like a fun film. I mean, you know, those are three big names right there, you know? Oh, why uh, not? No, uh, film has received generally negative reviews. Oh, no. Thank you for checking that, Jesse. 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. On the critics score, 43%. Wow. You know what? It's the thing. They said, the critics, you know, they said that about the Eternals. They're also apparently hating on this movie, this romantic comedy called Love Hard. Where it's kind of cool to see the geeky guy get the hot girl, um, you know. And I like seeing movies like that, you know. You know, guess all of us. <laughs> no, but anyways, um, it's Nina Dobrev and it's Jimmy O. Wang, um, and he's really. I mean, it's a really, really funny film, guys. It's hmm. called Love Hard on Netflix. Um, nice holiday film. Um, Jesse, I know you're not into uh, seeing uh, the holidays yet, prior to. It's not annoyed, even but... Thanksgiving yet. Yeah, like okay. literally, Halloween was a week ago. Guys, when is it, come when is on. Appro- when is it appropriate to start with the music and the decorations? After Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving. Okay. Two more <laughs> weeks, then you can do whatever you want. Okay. Then you can do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. But uh. Dude, I went. Fun. I went and got coffee like a week ago, and yeah. there was already Christmas shit out in the Starbucks. I'm like, guys, yeah. fuck you, man. <laughs> no, at least it's after uh, Halloween. Halloween, right? Because there's nothing worse than seeing it before Halloween. Oh. That's 
God. That's not right. Yeah. But um, yeah, this, this this movie was a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. It's just basically it's a romantic romantic comedy where the geeky guy gets the girl he catfishes, um, Nina Dobrev's character, and with his be- picture of his best friend, and she ends up flying out, meets both of them. Turns out has nothing in common with the guy she thought was the guy she swiped right on, but actually fell in love with the person she was talking on the phone with the whole time, which was the geeky Jimmy O. Yang character, you know? So, uh, very interesting uh, um, romantic comedy worth checking out for sure. Um, over on Netflix, we also saw a Stranger Things season four teaser in honor of um, the Stranger Things Day. The same day that Will Byers uh, first went missing in Hawkins, Indiana in 1983. <laughs> um, so pretty good trailer, teaser trailer. Definitely worth checking out. Um, David E. Kelly is teaming up with Regina King to adapt the Tom Wolfe novel A Man in Full at Netflix as a limited series. Um, something to check out um, for sure. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, Regina King says, all I can say is that when David E. Kelly calls, you just say, yes, I know this partnership will be, will produce something special. Um, so there you go. Um, have you seen Squid Game yet? Uh, I've seen the first two episodes. I'm behind. I haven't had a lot of time. Recently, okay. But I, I will we, finally get a chance to watch a bit more of this week. It, it, I loved it. Uh, and we talked a lot about it on the show already. <laughs> but uh, news bit on this that uh, Huang Dong-hyuk has confirmed with the Associated Press that season two is in the works. So okay, so it is. It a, is not a, a limited series. It it's, is, it's, it's, it's official now. Okay. Because uh, there was a lot of hanging plot lines. We wanted to know what happened. So, but we already talked about the show. Won't spoil for Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Timothy Timothy Olfen, who had a, quite the cameo uh, in one of the episodes of Mandalorian, is ready to uh, <clears throat> be in a a series called Daisy Jones and the Six. This is a musical drama that's going to be on Amazon Prime uh, based on Taylor Jenkins Reid's novel. It's a 10-episode series that follows um, the the rise and fall of a renowned rock band in the 70s. So, um, huh. I mean, Oliphant, he was great as uh, the, uh, the fake of the Boba town. Fett, the sheriff of the town with the Mandalorian armor. Let's see if you can play rock star. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. All right. This Apple uh, film uh, looks amazing. It's called Swan Song. They just dropped the trailer. It's a sci-fi epic starring Mahershala Ali. Hmm. Um, really cool plotline where human cloning is possible. And um, Mahershala Ali plays a father that's dying, the terminal illness, and decides whether he wants to live or die in the minds and eyes of his family. So he can either die on his own the family can mourn or he can just die in secret and have his clone replace him. And it's as if he's never died. Um, the thing about the clones is that they are able to carry on some of the memories mm-hmm. of the host. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess all is not what it seems. Right. Cause I wouldn't, it would be too perfect. It was identical to yeah. uh, the yeah. original. So I love that trailer, Jesse. I highly recommend uh, check it out the trailer, but I can't wait to see this uh, Apple. T- it makes me happy that I have Apple TV because <laughs> I don't know why I, I, would ra- I, I still have Apple have. TV. Right, mm. <laughs> but it looks amazing based on that trailer. Along such a really 
cool, refreshing um, sci-fi epic. You know, it was really, really cool. Apple TV has an extrapolation series with Edward Norton and Deera Varma, Carrie Russell, Cherry Jones. It's a climate change anthology series. So hmm. Ed Norton plays a scientist named Jonathan Ch- Chopin. Um, and, uh, yeah, doesn't really pique my interest just yet. I might have to wait for some kind of trailer. Um, over on Hulu, Kim Cattrall has been cast as How I Met Your Mo- uh, Father. This is the uh, spinoff of How I Met Your Mother, the CBS hit sitcom. This one will be going to Hulu, not CBS, though. And, um, yeah, C- Cattrall will recur as the future version of Hilary Duff's character. So, interesting. Hmm. A little twist on that. Actually, interesting enough, uh, Kim Cattrall also will be appearing in um, a reimagination of Queer as Folk on Peacock as well. Huh. Was, so she, Kim Cattrall, yeah, seems to be really, really busy with all that stuff going on. Um, let's see. Um, over on Saturday Night Live, they, they had a um, pretty good episode um, with um, Kieran Culkin hosting that uh, particular episode where Ed Sheeran was the musical guest. Who had COVID, but isolated, and he got the all clear to perform, um, which is a pretty cool, uh, funny, funny um, episode. Let's talk about some stuff going on in the world of pop culture uh, and gossip. Um, So um, there's a lot of actors that don't want to um, be on set or turning down roles because of the uh, COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Um, Mm. A lot of actors that we talked about last week, Ice Cube. said oh hell no to a movie called oh hell no because of the vaccine mandate and there's more people uh, following suit uh this week Amelia Estevez will not be returning for the mighty ducks game changers season two on disney plus um he has a disagreement over abc signature covid19 vaccine requirement and he would not comply with a policy um i know uh. And it's unclear now how Estevez's character will be written off the show because he's the original a Mighty Duck, you know? Um, that, you know... But apparently he's also an anti-vaxxer, too, it, so... And he yet does not want to get vaxxed. And how are they going to write off? He was a major character in the Mighty Ducks, and he was on the, the, the Disney Plus sequel series and doesn't want to get vaxxed. And, the, you know... And another one is Ingo Aradamacher. He's out of the ABC soap opera General Hospital because he declined to comply with the production's vaccine mandate. Also, he had a lot of backlash from a transphobic meme, meme as well. Um, apparently, the meme was shared on his Instagram account was a photo of recently elected Virginia Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, the first black woman to hold the post, and Dr. Rachel Levine, uh, the four-star admiral in the United States Public Health. Uh, service commission corpse and the image caption was hello and welcome to clown town where the dude on the left is an empowering woman and the woman on the right is a white supremacist so apparently that got him a lot of heat um not only that for also being um anti-vax as well so he's off he had he was on uh, general hospital for 25 seasons out of 59 seasons uh mm. and one meme fucked it all up for him and interesting enough Gita Carano you know, two seasons yep. in and Mandalorian 
got fired for you know controversial tweets and memes but there's yeah. some rumblings that they, they want to bring her back because a lot of her cast are endorsing her to come back like uh um moff gideon moff gideon himself giancarlo esposito sorry yeah um said that she's a wonderful person and you know you know that that sort um um, of course, Aaron Rodgers, he got a lot of controversy with the Green Bay Packers because yeah. he, he sought out alternative treatments instead of NFL-endorsed COVID-19 vaccinations because he, he's allergic to an ingredient in two of the FDA-approved shots. He said, I'm not anti-vax, flat earther. I have an allergy to an ingredient that's in the mRNA vaccine. I found a long-term immunization protocol to protect myself, and I'm very proud of the research that went into that. <laughs> Okay. So, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Uh, Sounds like bullshit, but okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, of course, man, I got to talk a little bit about this this tragic, tragic um, incident, which kind of falls into the rest in peace news, and that's Travis Scott's Astro Worlds Festival in Houston, um, which uh, resulted in eight people, including a 14 year old. Uh, dead due to the panic and chaos of people pushing towards the stage and i remember as a kid i remember getting trampled on a, on a show for the beastie boys in my youth and almost getting injured luckily thank god i didn't got not get injured i remember just getting pushed and and i can imagine i mean we're talking like thousands and thousands more people you know yeah. getting pushed and shoved this 50,000 people were, were at this concert uh, at NRG Park in Houston, Texas. And, um, you know, apparently there's a lot of controversy because Travis Scott kept uh, performing after they, you know, supposedly, you know, they knew that there were fatalities that occurred or, yeah. you know, people rushed to the hospital. But apparently he's saying he did not know. He, he did announce, say, you know, somebody did pass out. Somebody helped this person. Apparently he, you know, he claims that he was unaware of any fatalities that occur- occurred. Um, and uh, once again, but, sounds like bullshit. <laughs> but he is footing the bill for the funeral costs of the eight people who died, um, and offering free mental health care for anyone impacted by the tragedy. Um, he'll pay for services out of his own pocket, provide whatever is necessary. To the families to ensure that they can have a proper burial with no questions asked. So, I mean, I just, I, I, I'm just still trying to wrap my head around how eight people can die and at a concert. Yeah, like, that's just. I mean, if you want proof of that, watch the uh, Woodstock '99 documentary on HBO Max. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, there's a. If you want to see what hell looks like, that's the best horror movie of the year. Jesus. Yeah, it's a okay. it's a great documentary. It's really good about Woodstock '99. It's uh, and they actually pe- people died because of like heat exhaustion, dehydration, because oh, they were, they didn't provide water or they were overcharging water. Right. It just, the it was just a, a it, yeah. Just watch that documentary. It's fantastic. Okay. It's horrifying, but it's fantastic. Something to check out for sure. Um, Travis Scott will not perform at the Day in Vegas festival, which. Obviously, he's got to stay out of the public eye for a while because a lot of people think it's too soon. And apparently, he's he's saying that he's too distraught to play. Um, oh, yeah. Another thing that Travis Scott is doing, which I think is very admirable, 
he will provide refunds to all attendees who bought tickets to Astroworld. Whoa. Okay. He's trying to make good. Yeah. Paying for the funerals of those that died. And now, from what I'm reading here, also providing full refunds for people that bought the tickets. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he's going to have no money left. <laughs> yeah, I know. 50,000 people times whatever the concert ticket costs. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a lot. Um, and this this story really breaks my heart, Jesse. It's um, yeah. Ali Nas Aluban, a TikTok <clears throat> star. He was known for doing um, impressions of Al Pacino, many actors, um, mm. did Scarface. Apparently, fatally shot his wife and another man. Apparently, his wife left him for another man. He installed some kind of spying software on his daughter's iPad. Heard the conversation. Apparently, um, went into um, the apartment because he had a copy of the spare key. Killed his wife and um, her friend or whatever relationship they were in at a luxury apartment complex in San Diego. Um Man, charged with multiple murders, um, and uh, the dude had like tons of followers on TikTok and Instagram. I mean, he was a pretty much a social media influencer, and it's crazy seeing what's going going on behind closed doors. I mean, I watch some of his impressions; they're very good, you know. Um, love you know Scarface, and he does <clears throat> he does a Nicolas Cage impression, you know. Um, and uh, man, it's that's horrible, horrible to hear that. Yeah. But um, and of course, um, no. other rest, yeah. You had a comment on that, or no? Just like just it just shows that people like that, they're ordinary people like anybody else. They can make horrible decisions like anybody else can. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Of course, we end the show with guys with some recipe shoutouts. Um. Additional ones, obviously, to those that we mentioned in these two stories, tragic stories. Uh, Dean Stockwell, um, yeah, he was known old, for, yeah, you know, good old Al. Yes, he's known for the, <clears throat> the boy with the green hair, Oscar nomination for Married to the Mob, and Quantum Leap has died at the age of 85 uh, from natural causes. Also was in um, Blue Velvet. He was in the original That's Dune. That's right. In the original uh, Dune, 1984. Yeah. He was in Battlestar Galactica, the reimagined Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Uh, yeah, great actor. Phenomenal. Great actor. actor phenomenal career. Um, sad yeah. to see you go. It's a shame. And also William Lucking um, from Sons of Anarchy had passed away uh, at the age of 80. Uh, he was known as Biker Piney Winston. Oh, uh, Piney died? Yes, 35 episodes of Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Yeah, very, very sad. Uh, Marilia Mendonca, one of Brazil's most popular singers, Latin Grammy winner, sadly died in an airplane crash on her way to a concert at the age of 26. Oh, and four other passengers on this flight also perished, um, leaving um, Mendonca's hometown, a small city, uh, north of Rio de Janeiro. Um, rest in peace, Maria Mendonca. And of course, with death, we celebrate life uh, for those. Um, another trip around the sun. Robert Wool, 70. Happy birthday. Sharon Osborne, <laughs> Ozzy's wife, <laughs> is 69. Tony Shalhoub from Monk and uh, Marvel's Mrs. Maisel, 68. And we just mentioned. Uh, <laughs> Quantum Leap. Scott Bakula, 67 today. That's weird. <laughs> right? That's weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. That's going to follow him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Al died, and happy birthday. Happy Scott Bakula, yeah. That's a shame. Actor John O'Hurley from Seinfeld at 67. Um, Guillermo del Toro, director extraordinaire. Happy birthday, is 57. Hey. Yeah. Director Steve McQueen is 52. Yes. Uh, yes. Sean Lennon, the son of John Lennon and singer, is 46. Brandon Roth from DC's Legends of Tomorrow and Superman Returns is 42. Oh. Zachary Ty Bryan, Home Improvement, is 40. Spencer Grammer is 38. Melissa Villasenor from Saturday Night Live is 34. Tyler James Williams from Everybody Hates Chris is 29. And actor Jarrell Jerome from When They See Us is 24. That's birthdays today. And that wraps a great episode of BTV Below the Belt Show. Mm-hmm. We'd like to thank the one and only. Um, thank you so much, Jesse Fresco, a.k.a. Hardcore Bloodshot. For, uh, for joining us uh, on BTB. Of course, thank you so much to the freaking Rican actress Desi Velez uh, for joining the panel. And last but not least, the one and only Trey Cheney for our special, being our special guest tonight. And ending tonight, we have my pre-recorded, we're continuing pre-recorded interviews from Monster Mania, the horror convention. This is my interview with Ross Marquand, known as Aaron from The Walking Dead. Now, we're so happy to present um, our final interviews this week and next week, our final interview uh, with Ross Marquand tonight. Next week, our final interview mm-hmm. with Tony O'Dell and Ron Thomas from Cobra Kai, two of the OG Cobra Kais that appeared in season two. That's next week. But here's Ross Marquand to end tonight's show. Uh, guys, it's been incredible, and we will see you guys next week. Until then, on behalf of Jesse Fresco, Desi Velez, Trey Cheney, I'm Al Soto. We'll see you next week. Until then, peace. Al Soto, Below the Belt Show, here at Monster Mania in Oaks, PA, with Ross Marquand. You know him as Aaron in The Walking Dead. Wow, the first part of season 11 was amazing. I cannot wait for the second part. I know you can't say much, but um, I guess in a few words, if you can tell us what can we expect for part two and part three. One word. Aliens. Yes! You heard it here first. We're, we're going we're gonna to find out the reason behind the, the apocalypse? It's all aliens. <laughs> all aliens. No, uh, the Commonwealth is really going to be delved yes. into more. We're going to explore these new mm-hmm. characters and see what makes the Commonwealthers tick and find out if they're a real threat or if all of them are just, uh, you know, Stepford-type people, you know, because oh. they might be. You know. Stepford-type people. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, bittersweet, or are you ready to move on to your next project to the fact that Walking Dead is ending with season 11? It's, it's definitely bittersweet. I think we're all kind of... We, we all wanted to end on a very high note, like we were saying earlier, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's it's... It's been fun to play these characters for as long as we have, but I think we're all ready to, you know, wrap it up in a nice way and end on a high note, and then see what happens in the next iteration of the show, where it's spin-offs or the movies. So there's going to be new life for the characters and the, and the show well after this. So it's good. We love hearing. You. Do you have a preference of which spin-off you'd like to, to work on, or uh, or well, it, one in particular is the Tales of Walking Dead, mm-hmm. a, a single episode, uh, you know. Dedicated to the character of Aaron. That'd be fun. I, I, yeah. I, I want to pitch my own spinoff called Darren. Okay. Uh, it's Dark Aaron. I'm, I'm basically going to be Dark Aaron or Darren. Ah. And it's and 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 like 
what if scenario? Well, yeah, but but Aaron gets like supernatural powers, mm-hmm. and he like can shoot like laser beams out of his eyes, and he's like a dark Aaron, and he has a new deep voice too. He's like, hello. I'll take you all on zombies. <laughs> you talk just like that. It's gonna be cool. Speaking of dark, that one episode that you, the bonus episodes for season uh, ten, with uh, with you and Father Gabriel, yeah. with, with uh, was just crazy. And you worked with Robert Patrick, who's a legend. Yeah. First of all, how did you enjoy shooting that particular episode? Did you really drink the whiskey? <laughs> we sure did drink the whiskey, actually, because uh, you know it's it's you know we didn't we didn't want to get bombed, of course, but like. Yeah. It's it's so difficult to uh, believably play drunk that we thought you know we have a little bit of whiskey to kind of take the edge off method method exactly yeah, we're just we're just method acting yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I love uh, it. I love it. yeah I mean it was we had like you know three weeks to shoot it so we had plenty of time and we right. weren't trying to rush it or anything and that scene um, we had a whole day to really shoot all that so that was that was great that we took our time and it wasn't like this you know crazy rush day it was just a, the, yeah. for the first time in years we're getting to see. What life would be like with a, in, in a peacetime moment, you know? Right. With these two men just like shooting the shit over whiskey, you know? It's cool. I love it. Now, is there a reason that your impressions were not brought into the show as Aaron? Yeah. I, I was curious why that talent wasn't um, showcased. Well, you know, uh, Scott Gimple really was a fan of my impressions when I first got the show, yes. and, and Greg Nicotero sometimes has me do Christopher Walken if we got a little time to kill, and you know, he'll have me run and do a scene as Chris Walken, but. I, I would like to give it a whirl, actually, and see see if I can like right. confuse people on the show and yes. throw them off. You know, yes. do my do my Negan, and people are like, "Wait, is that Negan?" And then it's actually Darren, Dark Aaron, coming this fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. And how's Monster Mania been so far? Oh, it's been great. I was here six years ago at the Cherry Hill uh, yes. uh, location, and it was awesome. I just it's such a great staff you can tell they're real fans sometimes conventions are very corporate and that's all good they have their place but um, I like shows like this where it's like really run by fans for fans and it's it's evident in everybody here. Like they're just happy to be here, and that's it makes it so much more fun for everybody, you know. So I love it. And speaking yeah. of fans, fandoms is a big part. You're part of the Walking Dead universe. You're part of the Marvel universe. Are there any particular fandoms that you would love to work on? Well, I d- I d- I've done some stuff with Star Wars. I've done video games, and I've done uh, Phineas and Ferb Star yes, Star Wars. Great. I've done you know plenty of video games and whatnot. But I really would love to be in like Mandalorian or, live or something. Yeah, live action. Yeah. Yes. If they do more Star Wars movies, I would. Dude. I want to. I know that was my childhood. Mandalorian. Yeah. The Star Wars universe, Walking Dead, and Marvel. That's three of my favorite fandoms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just check them all. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You're listening to Dave Filoni? <laughs> Ross Marquand? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, please. Yeah. Thank you so much. Of course. Uh, of course. And of course, yes. Um, the Rick movies, um, we're, we're really excited about that as well. Rick James movies? Rick James. Rick James, James. Movies. <laughs> Rick Grimes movies. Oh, Rick Grimes. I didn't know which Rick you were talking about. Got to yeah. Um, is there anything you talk about that and whether maybe Aaron could be making an appearance? Uh, I have no idea. Okay. I have absolutely no idea what mm-hmm. they're going to be about, who's going to be in them. Okay. I would love to obviously be in them, but I don't know. Okay. Yeah, so. There you go, guys. How's that for an answer? Yeah. Yeah. Hey. You just have to keep watching. Diplomatic. <laughs> Season 11. Wow. It's closing out uh, the, the, the chapter of The Walking Dead. So thank you so much, yeah, Ross Marquand, for talking with us here on Below the Belt thank Show. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. Oh, thank you very much. And uh, one more time for good measure, let's know who you are. And you're on Below the Belt Show. It might help to have this. Below the Belt Show? Yeah. Yes, got it. My name is Ross Marquand, and you're watching Below the Belt. 
and one more time with your character from Walking oh. Dead. My name is Ross Marquand. I play Aaron on The Walking Dead, and you're watching the Below the Belt Show. Yes! Below the Belt Show. Yes! The Below the Belt Show. Yes! <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. Good. <laughs> well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, until next time, keep chilling like a villain. Bye, 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 bye.